0: listening to the cleveland review books podcast i'm billy lennon today i'm talking with micah cash about his piece to be modern on osamu Dazai's the flowers of buffoonery published in March by new directions and translated by sam bett we talk about proto-autofiction literary sad boys and western influence on japanese masculinity and novel writing Micah Cash's writing has appeared in The Village Voice, Columbia Journal, and Forever Magazine. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: Micah, how's it going? Good. Um, yeah, doing well. Happy to to be here and uh, and to talk about Dalzai.
0: Yeah, and you're up in you're upstate right now working working on your writing, how many thousands of words are you pumping out a day? <laughs> yeah, I'm up in uh, in kuksaki you know, just
1: 12 hours a day, you know, pumping out uh, great fiction. Um, great. No, it, it's uh, just up here trying to uh, get a little, little quiet for the summer and it's a nice uh, change of pace from the city.
0: Are we taking some walks through the woods? Oh yeah, walks by Some the river, river walking. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, lots of uh lots of state money going into uh to the riverfront for this like tiny town up here So, You know, one thing I noticed about this book like after I finished it was like it's like a flower, but it's also a dude kind of like upside down as if he jumped off a building.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you know I Did I didn't you notice, notice that? that at all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did not. I'm honestly
1: not a not i'm a big fan of all these translations that new directions is putting out but i'm not a big fan of the cover on on this one or even um or even the the earlier dazai ones i don't know something about like the the colors of this cover like does not match the book for me
0: yeah like pink and a nice nice blue for the uh setting sun um it feels nice though anyways how did you come to Osamu Dazai? Yeah.
1: Um, so I first heard of him. Uh, Paul Beatty was my um, professor at, at Columbia, the oh, wow. um, novelist. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's amazing writing professor and uh, he's like very into Japanese fiction. If you read his books, that that kind of comes through. Um, but he recommended Dazai first to me. And then I sort of started to see him everywhere, like about a year ago there was this essay in dirt about how he like no longer human was big on book talk mm-hmm. um and i had just read the setting sun at that point and then i was like all right i gotta see you know what is this Dazaï book that is like blowing up on tiktok um and then i saw i was just looking at what new directions had coming out and um this looked like an exciting one
0: mm-hmm. yeah no longer human was great that was my first foray i took a course um in college with jed detman at Oberlin, r.i.p um i just like remember i mean yeah we're gonna get into the sad boy shit later on yeah but he's just like my life will never be the kind of life where i'm with my family driving by a waterfall (laughs) like and that's like always stuck with me yeah that book uh (laughs) that book hits hard yeah.
1: Um but like yeah, I mean I think the reason I like I really got into I was just like subject matter aside, the I think sentence by sentence it's really cool what he's doing um and like just such a such a distinctive style and ability to be like sentimental and ironic at the same time with the way he like has these really short sentences and and just kind of is like so honest about
0: about Mm -hmm. everything that it just is like one thing after another. Even like the really, even like the really explicit meta stuff as well in flowers of buffoonery, when he'll get really into a scene and be like, Oh, I didn't like writing that chapter. Like where he's like talking to you directly. I'm like, fuck it. This annoys the shit out of me. But then it's (laughs) like, this is really well written too. So Daza's real name, Shuzi Tsushima, um, you want to give a little? Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, right. I, 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 Def, I <laughs> definitely. Right. Yeah. I don't speak Japanese, so unfortunately. All right, all right. About which one does not know. Remain in silence. Yeah, you want to give a little biographical, background. Yeah. Um, so
1: I, so I was like, grew up in in like a a wealthy landowning family, but in kind of a small, like small village, you know, they were the wealthy people in their village in Japan. Um, And sort of like from an early age, he's this like outcast, feels like he doesn't fit in. He doesn't wanna, you know, his father is like a local politician and his brother's going into like business and politics and he's is like, you know, acting and he's the class clown and he's really smart, but he he doesn't do any of his work. Um, And so he eventually like goes to boarding school gets into literature, uh, and drugs and, nice. uh, like left-wing politics, you know, the, the three great vices mm-hmm. of man. Yeah. Like cigarettes, um,
0: alcohol, yeah. Drugs. Yeah. yeah. Right. And left wing. Um, thought.
1: yeah. So he's sort of from there, like, you know, his life takes a turn for the worse and he, he like, you know, develops some addictions. He has like several suicide attempts, um, usually with the woman that he's seeing at the time they'll like attempt a double suicide so there a, a few of those happened in his life um and uh like the most most formative one is the happens right before flowers of buffoonery which is based on this real thing yeah sorry
0: well, no no, no, no it's fine time out i was just gonna say i mean there are four suicide attempts are you saying that there's multiple times where he's been like hey girl like let's do this to you <laughs> or is it just the one yeah. time or so multiple times it, that he tried to kill himself twice with it.
1: it was it was together with a woman it's crazy, um, dude. and it's sort of yeah it, i mean it's really crazy he must like, have like you know, really been that guy so clearly to get- <laughs> I think like, he was the instigator you know considering his his record but of course his family which which is like especially the, you know, the one that happened early in his life before Flowers of Buffoonery, um, his family is convinced that like this, um, this geisha like is the one who convinced him, you know, to do it. And like, if he just can give up, you know, chasing these women, then like, he's going to see the light and, and stopping a communist and whatever. Um. Um, <laughs> but none of that happens. And he, he, in real life, um, you know, jumped off a, a cliff into the sea with, with this woman that he ran away with and she died and he did not and he was saved by a boat and then um he gets sent to this like remote seaside place for convalescence. Um and that is where the action of Flowers of Buffoonery takes place.
0: Yeah, I will say I wish that I dealt with mental illness in like the early twentieth century instead of now. Cause you're kind of going through it and they're like, you know, go chill in the Swiss Alps, go breathe some fresh, like saltwater air versus today. It's like, yeah, there's no windows. You're not going outside. We're going to kind of figure out exactly what's going on in this Petri dish type environment. (laughs) Um, So I was kind of like, I don't know. It seemed like a pretty good time. They were just sort of hitting on the nurse who was there and totally yeah his boys just kind of come to visit them yeah um it's,
1: <laughs> I, I mean i like one of the funny things about the book is how like yeah it's sort of in this like idyllic natural setting and sometimes he'll just lapse into describing it um and then you like flash back to the the action which, which is like oh you're like this is a serious time but yeah you know he, he's also just looking out the window at the sea mm-hmm. talking about it
0: yeah it's guy time <laughs> <laughs> the uh they're watching they're watching the celtics play the uh the heat or whatever <laughs> they're debating yeah. they're debating who the real mvp is no i'm kidding yeah. um so
1: I'll, on that actually um I, i'll say something which is just that one like one thing i like about this book and dazai in general is um i think like in a a bit of a sneaky way he's like writing about masculinity a lot mm-hmm. um and in not not so much like the character in this book but in his other books his you know main characters which are modeled after him are sort of very misogynistic at times um i think and i think clearly like he was aware of that as the author but you know they're they're definitely like bad guys um but they're also like really struggling with um like their understanding of masculinity and i think mm-hmm. it's very related to like a lot of the nationalist stuff that was happening in Japan and then a lot of the stuff in like that's the you know military nationalist stuff but also Japan's literature was like going through a bit of a crisis when a lot of their top writers were starting to imitate a western style and kind of at odds with the government and um, there was like a, a masculinity tied up in um, the way that the writers were trying to be these like Ernest Hemingway type, you know, famous, very, it's like suave and, and somewhat political figures as well.
0: Yeah. So in terms of like the political situation, he was kind of coming of age during, is that all like kind of inflected by like the emperor? Like, There's just no emperor anymore. And I don't know. Is that I don't know much about the time. Like, yeah, I, um, we don't have to get into that. (laughs) No, I I don't know
1: too much about the time either. Um, I I think what happens is Japan has this period, um, in in like from the eight, from the late 1800s to the early 1900s called the Meiji period where, um, there isn't really an emperor and, and things open up a little bit and they're kind of, um, growing fast and like doing business with the West, whatever. And then, you know after world war one things kind of closed down um and emperor hirohito is coming to power and they it takes this huge like ultra nationalist turn that obviously leads to like the the japan of world war ii which is like he's coming of age um you know he's he's coming of age as world war ii is about to start um at least in in europe i guess and, and like that's a whole generation in Japan like grew up and then in their like early adulthood, you know, the, the politics turned crazy and they, and they started military expansion of China and all this stuff. And that like formed a generation that actually like the setting sun became a term Mm -hmm. from the title of his book became like a common term in Japan to refer to this generation that like, you know, according to him, I think just like never really had a chance, um, because of like everything that that Japan went through uh with world war 2 and then the occupation up
0: yeah so in like the eight, 1880s or so like or er, like these western ideas western cultures kind of coming in uh yeah. individualism like the the i novel uh arguably makes its way into Japan at that time uh Guys can be less just sort of subjects under the Emperor and have a little bit of experimentation to think about what it means to be a man uh or in, in more of an individual um and then everything just sort of changes like yeah, and we're going right back into the straight jacket ideological straight jacket totally so could you talk a little bit about? You know, maybe sad boy light motifs aside um you talk about auto fiction a lot, the i novel I sort of brought it up there could you talk- could you discuss how that form kind of took hold in Japan during this period when the West was having more of an influence
1: yeah, um, yeah, so the i novel is is like generally, it's this big genre in Japan. It started sort of right at the start of the 20th century. And it's generally thought that like in the late 1800s, Japanese writers started reading um, like European naturalists, um, Baudelaire, people like that. And they realized like, oh, like you can write from this eye, you know, this is cool. This is different than what we're doing. Um, and and these like intensely personal you know first person novels where the narrator's basically the author start start being invoked um now like this all just seems <laughs> so common but like back mm-hmm. then i i think it was like pretty radical um and so dazai comes a little later and like picks up on that trends and i think he's a little late like the i novel was had already been around for a while and that like wasn't um like he's just passed that era kind of but obviously he's influenced by that at the same time he's influenced by i think like the europeans doing it like he was very into french writers like Gita, who did this metafictional stuff um and you see that in flowers where he like goes a step further than i think um part of the i novel is that acknowledgement of like there is someone behind the curtain and like, these aren't, you know, this isn't just like characters on a page, like there's someone behind and they writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dazai and Flowers like really takes the next step. Um, like some of the, you know, French auto fiction writers were doing and being like, I'm going to make this like a key part of the book is writing about the act of writing it and writing about, I think there's a line where he's like, I'm using my, narrative position to hoodwink readers um and of course like there's just so many levels to that because it's it's like well yeah you are but if you're telling us that then that's that's just a further form of manipulation um because like by putting it all out there you're you're able to kind of like subvert that criticism um and this is just i, I think a cool thing about this book in general like why it's great it came out in translation is that like he was really young and probably not like fully mature yet um but he's just like going for it in a lot of ways and the the meta stuff is super heavy um but it's fun to read
0: yeah it's 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 got a 60s element to it like i bl- i bl- like this is the start of one of the early chapters uh someone he he has he has a quote uh I blame that newfangled philosophy, Marxism, a fabulously silly line of dialogue, superb. And i just like, <laughs> yeah, dude, sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just to like give a little bit of credit, you mentioned 1907, Katai, Tayama, and Toshun Shima Zaki were the ones kind of pioneering the I novel, Japanese naturalism. Um, but yeah, as you say, like later on and what, like the 20s and 30s, Dazai was taking it a step further. Right. You also said that when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that he sort of came of age as an artist um, by writing for a literary magazine there, and there was a little scene. Uh, Could you discuss that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, So this... Ah, uh, this book, Flowers, Buffoonery, was originally published in this small lit mag um, called the New Romantics. It was a Japanese word, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Um, and it, it, uh, this critic June Eto, I cite in the piece, who I read a lot of great stuff about, he's a Japanese literary critic, and he has this big essay on how, like, this is a forgotten group, but they were really influential um like given what they represented in at that time of japan because it was a bunch of people who were writers were like very focused on aesthetics like that was their their big thing and so they were very good writers but um they were looking for some way to like distinguish themselves from the western influence that had happened within the arts in japan and their the way they did it was just like turned super nationalist and like returned to traditional Japanese culture. They called themselves romantics because they kind of studied the German romantics, but wanted to like do a version of that in Japan versus all this new, you know, Western realism type stuff. Um, and so this weird group of, it's I think Japanese literature scholars like forms to make this magazine and for a couple of years it's like the big you know new lit mag in Japan um, except for the the one caveat that they're just affiliating themselves with this brutal emperor who like you know soon after starts expanding into China and, and you know becoming like totally infamous and so at that point they kind of fall out of favor and, and don't get talked about as much um, but Dazai was a part of it, his big break was getting this book published in that magazine. That was like his first fiction that um, had any sort of like commercial success. Um, And, you know, it's interesting on its own. It's also interesting just to compare to like present day, Um, you know, Dazai's style does have some some similarities to Alt-Lit, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned in the piece. And I, as I was reading about that magazine, I was just thinking about, Um, you know there's some new literary magazines now Um, I'm not going to name any names but there's been discussion about like strange ideological bedfellows with um, magazines and I think that that's like exactly what what this new romantics group was was like a strange ideological group that nevertheless was like
0: producing very good writing. Yeah I mean I think most of the ideological things you're I mean, the stuff, like, now is definitely more ironic. Um, and deta- I don't think they would, like, support. So, yeah, j- just a couple more things, then I'll let you go. You don't have to really get into the book talk thing, per se. Um, but I guess this speaks to that. Um, and I guess we've talked about the form. You could answer this in a couple of different ways. Like, the sad boy stuff, uh, political themes, or form like, why do you think it's so resonant now? And he's, you know, getting more of a readership. And- yeah. Um, like, I think
1: that you can't discount just, like, his style, which is, like, very short sentences. So just sort of extremely, like, readable. Um, you know, all of his novels are very short. But, yeah, there the, the, the is that style of, like, short declarative first person sentences um and you're like oh I mean this is like so easy to read there's nothing like dense at all about the prose um and so I think that that lends itself well to book talk um but yeah I, I think the sad boy thing also like plays a big part of it um like I just kept underlining these lines in no longer human especially but also in in flowers where I'm just like like people would love this if this was written in a book today and it it seems so relevant and yet it's you know it's like 90 years ago in in rural japan but um yeah about just like being young and like confused and angry at the world and like totally jaded and and blackpilled about politics um but then at the same time like hopelessly romantic um and like you know very self-defeating and his characters are always very self-defeating in their love life but they then will just like you know go on these soliloquies about you know how obsessed they are with their um with their beloved and and how it's tearing them apart and and there's like an there's like an emo quality to it that i think yeah yeah um, i was gonna say makes it makes it relevant today
0: yeah they're like uh like, yeah, my two favorite bands are Bell and Sebastian and Joyce Manor, like <laughs> the two poles. Yeah. And I guess the end just, this isn't even a question. I'm just going to like, you can say the last word, but uh, you were talking about what it means for like, what is like the modern mind, i.e. the Western mind, like mindset. And you basically were like, yeah, by reading this, if this is Western mindset, it's suicidal and i feel like that's like a kind of throw like a offhand remark that it's like you know that could be like that's kind of the pull quote of the article <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i um i mean i think
1: that like a big part of dazai's uh like you know depressed, like he's obviously you know he's he's very depressed he's he's suicidal both himself and also like all of his characters pretty much and i think a big reason for that is they just like they don't, they don't really believe in God, their, their culture and their country is like, they feel like the glory days are over and like, they're just on the way down. Um, and then, and yet, like, they do live in a fairly modern and like educated world. So like, it's like all, you know, all the old God, state, country, um, all, all that stuff are gone for them. And, and they've just like have found nothing nothing to replace it um and and he's not even dealing with like you know late capitalism yet and like that but that that's what it would be like today is is people who are like you know well all all the old gods are dead and and now we've just got this to deal with um and so i think like that's why it resonates
0: i was totally avoiding listening or watching the adam friedland show at all uh <laughs> that shit with Chris Cuomo was so good. Yeah, I, I had to watch it. I saw a few he's clips. like, "Yeah, we're we're living in a dying empire anyways." And he's like, "What did you say?" Like <laughs> 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 Anyways, yeah, but, yeah shout uh, out to Greenland. He's, yeah, uh, he's right. We got we got our Daza eyes who are like dying empire, and then we got our Eyes dads and Chris Cuomo's who are you know Chin up, young man. Yes. Or something. Yes. I don't know, man. Anyways, <laughs> this is a great talk. Thank you for your time, Micah. Really enjoyed your little thing that you did for my substack. I had to ask my boys what was what was kind of running through their minds. What were you guys thinking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: I uh I appreciated being included and uh you know any anyone can enjoy Dazai, I think, but the flowers especially felt like a little bit like uh, like a book for the boys just hanging out with <laughs> yeah. their friends in, in convalescence.
0: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right. Well Thanks, have a Billy. good one. Yeah, stay in yeah, touch, Micah. Good luck with the uh, with the writing. Sounds good. Hit hey, me up when you're in town.
1: You guys uh, you have your, your reading tonight there? We got a
0: reading, bro. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm up here guys. it looks fun. Um, so hopefully I'll make the next one. Yeah, I'm gonna to try to record it. and Maybe cool. Toss that, toss that, bad boy up. Yeah. Good luck and uh, have fun. I'm sure, it'll be great. Take care, man. Peace. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Review of Books podcast. Producer A Live of Cleveland's own Moaning Collective graciously provided the music we used for the intro, as well as the one you are listening to now. We publish reviews, essays, interviews, and excerpts online at clereviewofbooks.com about three to four times per week. We recommend signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter, a link to which can be found in the show notes, as we all adjust to a shifting social media environment. You can also purchase print issues and merch, including hats, totes, and shirts, in our online store. I'd also like to shout out all of our amazing editors, including Zach Peckham, Brie DeMonda, Robert Giddings, Alana Pokros, Angelo Maniage, Morgan Ford, Michael Credico, Helen Rauner, Jacob Brueggemann, Philip Harris, Allie Black, Isabel Blakeway-Phillips, Eli Scope, and R.A. Washington. See you next time.